Hi everyone, this is your host, Kate Connick. Welcome to Connect with Kate, a place to learn, build, and grow together as a community. This is a holistic, all-encompassing show on self-help, self-love, and how to better your being to become the happiest version of you. Together, let's unite, discover, inspire, and most importantly, connect. Alrighty. Hi, everyone. I am so excited about today's episode. I have on one of my heroes, my fitness hero, entrepreneurship hero. He is an all-around badass. Welcome, Brendan. Well, hey, thanks, Kate. Nice intro. Of course. Yeah, I could make it longer, but like I was saying, I'm sure you're so busy with all your projects, so I want to get right to the point. But um, for the listeners... Brendan and I met, I think, a few years ago when I found his email address somehow. I looked online and I was working on a project. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was taking time off of college to really um, focus on starting a business and I couldn't think of a better person to reach out to and I somehow got your email and then contacted you and you got right back to me. So first of all, thank you for that. That's just incredible. Oh yeah, you're welcome. No, it's great. I'm always happy to help however I can. And, um, you've, uh, you know, you've obviously showed that, um, yeah, you're really enthusiastic and, and passionate and, and have a lot of the, you know, the things you need to be a great entrepreneur. So happy to help however I can. Well, yeah, it's amazing. You're one of the most well-connected, obviously in shape, determined and disciplined people I know. So you're you're really everything I want to be. And I think so many other people want to be as well. And I just, I'm blown away by you and just how you live your life, everything you do. And so one of the questions I have is um, really how you got started in the fitness world. So when did this all come about? Is this something that your parents were into? Um, I really just want to start with fitness. So how did you really discover this is something you wanted to get into? Well, for me, it was in high school. I just, um, you know, I actually, so I grew up in Canada, in Vancouver, and it was pretty common there, of course, to play hockey um, and start really young. And most kids there, you know, start at four or five years old. And and I didn't, you know, my parents, uh, they were never into to sport. Um, so I, I, I didn't start that young. I started, um, which was by, by hockey standards, very, very late. I started at around, I think I was 14. Um, and, and I wasn't a good skater, you know, I hadn't been skating my whole life. So I had to learn how to, to skate and, um, thought it'd be fun to start playing hockey like, uh, so many other kids. And I, I realized it was just, it was so late. Like I just, I had so much to catch up on. I, you know, I, I wasn't a good hockey player, um, but I started to think, well, you know, maybe I can offset some of my lack of ability um, and skill in hockey by getting fitter and being just like a really fit hockey player. So I started running um, to get fitter before school. And then uh, I would go to the gym after and um, I definitely got fitter, but I didn't become a better hockey player. I just realized that I actually liked running a lot better. So then I just kept running and and really um, just enjoyed that. And, uh, you know, I grew up in an area where there's a lot of forest, a lot of uh, trails, and I just would go out and run in the trails and really just enjoyed it. I, you know, not to try and be competitive or um, or anything like that, but just, just enjoyed running. That simple, really. 
Right. And um, considering you grew up in Canada, like you were saying, there's a lot of nature around you. What is it like for you when you come to do work in New York City? Is that difficult for you to really get out there and go for runs? Do you find that you're more motivated when you are in nature? What is it like for you being um, in a bigger city? Well, I, I love New York and I've been going to New York consistently now, I guess, since 2004. Um, and yeah, I just run in the park. I stay on the Upper West Side and, you know, there's a, a great loop. I do a 10 mile loop in the park. And um, yeah, I love the city. And, you know, I live in Los Angeles now. I've, I've been here 12 years and um, mostly in Topanga Canyon, um, which is, you know, nature, really. There's Topanga State Park that I, I think is 14,000 acres and amazing trails and running and cycling. So, yeah, I, I like to be around nature for sure and, and have some peace and quiet. But um, for some reason, um, New York City uh, breaks all the rules of things I like, but I love it. And I, I can't really put my finger on why. But um, yeah, I guess I, I like the blend. I like the mix of, of the two. Absolutely. And do you mix up your workouts as well? Do you find that nowadays you're running most of the time or are you doing um, different things? Because I know you do some workout classes, but what is like an everyday workout for you? Mostly right now running um, with a bit of cycling mixed in. And um, since a lot of the gyms, you know, they were open for a while in LA, they of course, you know, closed down for a while and then they opened, um, but now they're closed again. So mostly just at-home workouts, I have some kettlebells, I have some bands, you know, I'll do something in the morning, usually some sort of body weight workout or, or something at home. And then usually later in the day, I'll bike or I'll run. Um, there's this loop I do weekly in Malibu Creek State Park called Bulldog. And it's, um, it's about 15 and a half miles. And it's just, it's beautiful. It just goes along, um, kind of rolling for a while and then really, really steep up and then back down. And it's, um, yeah, it's one of my favorite loops. So I do that weekly. And also a couple different loops in Topanga State Park. So um, yeah, that's that's mostly it right now. Um, I, I do, I am in Venice a lot and I live by Gold's gym there. So when it is open, I, I do go there. Um, it's, you know, classic, started um, in the 60s and it's, I don't think it's changed much. It's um, It's just an amazing gym. So I love it there as well. Right. And then do you find it to be a meditative time when you're running? Because for me, in particular, I find it really hard to really um, just get out there and run for a long period of time. But what is that, that time period like for you? What are you necessarily what are you really thinking about? Do you find it to be a time to be creative and think about projects? Or are you more in like a meditative state? Yeah, it just kind of flows. You know, I, I don't, um, yeah, I certainly don't think about running when I'm running, you know, it just, I, right. anything else that comes into my head, I just uh, let it, uh, let it flow. And I, I think, yeah, I think it's probably, I, I don't do meditation, but it's probably similar to an active form of meditation. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. it's just very quiet and still um, my mind is other times, you know, if I'm trying to work through something, come up with a solution for something, I, I find um, ideas just kind of pop into my head. And Actually, I, I wrote a book a few years back called Thrive Fitness, and I, I looked at that, some of the mental aspects of training and, and how um, active meditation can sort of uh, be triggered by, um, by activity, but also, too, stimulating the right side of your brain through exercise can create, um, facilitate um, creative thought and problem solving, too. So it kind of just, you know, taps into your subconscious a bit and um, 
you know, ideas can, uh, can be created there. So yeah, I really, that's really the reason I do it now. You know, I'm not trying to be competitive. I, I don't race anymore, but I just, I love running as much as I ever have, but, um, just for different reasons now. Right. So you're, you find yourself to be most creative then when you're working out or active versus kind of just sitting down and forcing the thoughts, right? You kind of just let it flow in that way. For sure. Yeah. You know, the time that I, I sit down and actually write or do anything um, business-wise that, that I think takes some creativity, none of those ideas come to me as I'm sitting there. That's just purely transmission. You know, just the time that I sit right. in front of my computer and, and get ideas out, they're already there. Like no new ideas mm-hmm. come to me during that phase. The phase that they come to me is when I am running um, and working out in general, but running more specifically, I find is really good for that for me. So yeah, like like I say, at the time I'm I'm sitting in front of the computer, no new ideas come to me. Then it's really just uh, the the act of of getting them down on paper. That's amazing and just so productive too, because you're getting a workout in and you're having all these ideas come to you. That's that's really amazing. And do you ever? Um, I assume you don't listen to music then or a podcast or anything if if it's kind of just quiet when you're, you know, thinking of these ideas. I assume you don't listen to anything, right? No, you're right. No, I don't. I, you know, I've never got into it. Um, I, I know a lot of people, of course, listen to music or podcasts when when they run, but I just, I, I tried it once. I, I tried listening to music and it was okay, but I just, it felt so different. It was such a different experience for me. And I just like the quiet um, and just letting, right. letting my thoughts just sort of go where they want. Right. That's, that's amazing. And you feel like you push yourself just as hard when you're by yourself versus kind of, I mean, I know you and I have worked out at dog pound together. What's the, I guess the difference. Do you, do you really push yourself when you're by yourself? Cause that personally, I can't do that. So, I mean, a lot of these questions are for myself because I find it so difficult to, to push myself when I'm by myself. So how do you really, um, I guess, motivate yourself? Yeah, it's an interesting question. You know, like I, I've just never, had had that before like I just to me it's like letting myself go like to me there's no pushing involved it just sort of feels like a natural state to me Mm -hmm. um and so I don't have that um yeah that that idea of pushing myself um to me like not going for a run is pushing myself you know to oh wow still and to to not be moving and out of nature so to me it's just it's very natural it just flows and and it's, it's just sort of feels like a luxury and just this sort of, um, state of enjoyment. Um, so yeah, I, I guess it's just, that's just the way I, I started off doing it and never, never had to, to motivate myself. Like I actually didn't understand when people asked, how do I motivate myself? But it just until recently, it seemed like a really strange question to me just because you know, if I had more motivation, I would probably do more work and, and you know, not run as much and actually right. um, do things that sometimes are, are less enjoyable. But um, to me, it's a path of least resistance to go out for a run or bike ride or any kind of workout. It's just the easiest thing for me to do mentally, for sure. And even when I'm tired, my body's tired, I still feel um, as though that's that's what I want to do. And I guess maybe I've just done it for so long. Um, you know, I started off doing it as a, as a young teenager. So um those are kind of the formative years too. And I actually read something a while back that talked about if you start doing something um, during puberty, basically like around, you know, early teens and right through your teenage years that are really formative as your body is forming and, and hormones are forming, it 
can become, it's much more likely to become habit, both good or bad. Like if someone starts smoking, for example, at a very young age, um, that's, it's way harder for that person to quit than if the person started later in life. And, and, um, you know, that helps with, with good things too. If you instill those habits really early in life. And, um, I just did it, like I say, back then, cause I enjoyed it and, and it's just been ingrained and, and it's just second nature. Absolutely. And when did nutrition, health, um, wellness, all of that come into play as well? So I know you're working out before school, after school. Um, so when did you really start getting into that? I mean, because now, I mean, I, f- I feel like you've dedicated your life to building these incredible businesses um, focused around nutrition. So when did that kind of start for you? It was around the same time. It was, um, I think, around when I was 15, I just I got curious, you know, I noticed that if I paid more attention to what I ate, I I felt better and I performed better. I wasn't as sore the next day. Um, So I got curious and I looked into it more and I found that um, if I, you know, ate, ate good foods and um, things that were going to benefit me and, and, you know, not, um, not be a, be a drag on, on my system that, that I'd be better off for it. So I started, uh, yeah, just experimenting. I started making a blender drink, blending together uh, protein, um, vitamins, minerals, like naturally occurring in different different plants. So all plant-based, of course, um, packed with phytonutrients, lots of greens, um, and just started really noticing a difference, you know, almost immediately. And, and then I kept a really tight training log and nutrition log as well. So I knew exactly what I was eating leading up to a race, for example. And if I had a good race, I could kind of follow it back. And, and then I started to develop a bit of a, a template that I would follow. It was just really a system of what I would eat that um, allowed me to to feel good and to recover well and to reduce inflammation. So I developed a, a program around that that worked really well for me. That's amazing. So is this program something you've developed into a company as well? Are you working to kind of um, show people what you do exactly when it comes to kind of journaling and like jotting down exactly what you eat? Yeah, I never really did anything um, commercially with with that. Um, I think there are probably mm-hmm. a lot of good online um, apps uh, or apps or, or something online, some sort of uh, program I'm sure that people could use to to do that. But, um, as far as nutrition goes, yeah, I, you know, that blender drink that I started making for myself eventually evolved into to Vega, um, that I started mm-hmm. with my partner in 2004. Um, but that's how it started was me just making it for myself and had no intention of doing anything entrepreneurial with it. I, you know, I was so, um, just consumed by training and trying to become a professional triathlete back then that entrepreneurial endeavors were not, um, not at all something that had crossed my mind until uh, I guess I was sort of later in my 20s um, when I when I considered that. But uh, yeah, in the beginning, it was just selfish reasons, really, just for me. Right. And is there any kind of food or anything you consume on the daily that you can't leave with or live without, really, or even travel and not pack? Is there anything you kind of have to have every single day? Well, for me, it's still Vega One, you know, the it's basically, you know, powder that, um, right. Protein, essential fats, fiber, greens, enzymes, probiotics, you know, I travel with that. It's just, it's so simple and easy, but, um, you know, every day I, I also eat lots of greens, lots of salad, 
Um, I'm lucky in that I live in Southern California, so I can grow a lot of my own food. Uh, I recently got this really cool hydroponic system called Let Us Grow, and you put it out there oh, wow. and you just plug it in and it pumps water, uh, this like recycled water through, um, through it and you can grow a whole bunch of different lettuce and a whole bunch of different uh, foods that way very easily. So I've been doing that, loving that. Um, oh, I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. A friend started the company um, a few years back and uh, and I got one just recently. It's, it's great. I like it a lot. So if, yeah, even just on a balcony or somewhere, you can, can grow your own greens. And right. you know, if you're going through a lot of them like me, uh, it's it's great to get that and, and really tasty too because um, lots of minerals in the, the hydroponic solution. So that, of course, carries over into um, the lettuce. So that's been great. Um, and yeah, and, and also too, just kind of regular diet. I eat very simply, you know, rice, vegetables. Um, I like sprouted bread a lot with avocado. Um, of course, now, you know, I drink cider quite a bit. Um, you know, mm-hmm. culture and 101 cider. Um, is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, part of my regular diet too, that really helps with digestion, probiotics and so on. So right. yeah, pretty simple. yeah, tell me about the one-on-one cider because you didn't used to drink right until you came across this product. Yeah. Yeah. I actually hadn't drank in 14 years and, um, just cause I'd never really felt good drinking. I, you know, no bad experiences or anything. It was just sort of mm-hmm. felt like I kind of outgrew it. I just didn't feel great the next day or. Um, I just didn't feel it was helping me in any way. So yeah, I just stopped that and, um, you know, just thought nothing of it. But then one day I was at Whole Foods in in Venice and I saw um, a can of 101 cider on the shelf and I was kind of intrigued because I noticed that it only had one ingredient. It was just apples. Um, And I thought, well, how, how's that possible? It says zero sugar. It says probiotic, says it has B vitamins, but the only ingredient is apples. Like I just didn't understand. So I actually emailed the company and um, Mark McCavish, the, uh, the founder uh, got back to me right away and he actually knew of Vega and he, he grew up in Canada as well. So, you know, he, he knew of me and some of the stuff I'd done. So we became friends and started hanging out and he explained the whole thing to me, fermentation, like it's just ambient bacteria that just, um, basically eats all the sugar in, in fruit, um, and in juice. So you could put, um, just get some non-pasteurized juice, put it in your fridge three months later, it would, um, it would have fermented and, um, and all the sugar would be gone. And as some of the, you know, different byproducts from fermentation, it's um, vitamin B12, other B vitamins, um, probiotics, and like I say, then it's zero sugar, plus, you know, some alcohol gets created uh, naturally as well. So I thought, well, how can this be bad for me? I just like, it's just fermented apples. So I tried it and I I actually felt really good. I felt um, it helped me mentally to just focus and and just feel very um, kind of, kind of, uh, I guess, creative and free with ideas. And, um, and I felt great after too, I could go to the gym an hour and a half later and felt great. There is certainly no hangover. And um, so I just became a big, big fan of that and invested in the company. And then we collaborated and developed one called Pulp Culture that is based on 101 cider, the same base, but then we blend in fermented superfoods, as well as uh, botanical adaptogens. So it's a functional alcoholic beverage basically but we don't actually even think of it as an alcoholic beverage just as a fermented beverage that happens to have alcohol is one of the byproducts and we call that full spectrum so all the outcomes of fermentation so i've been learning a ton about that lately um like i say fermentation in general and just um and making 
you know, making this this hard pressed juice, as we call it, ferment wild fermented juice. So, yeah, really been having a lot of fun with that from just a pure curiosity standpoint, as well as now um, a business venture. So, uh, yeah, that's that's been fun. Yeah, it's it's really incredible because you think of alcohol and you just think how much sugar it has. And like you said, hangovers. And it's really interesting your story being an Ironman triathlete and drinking, you know, because you you think you don't have time for that or what it's going to do um, to your body and affect it in a negative way. And, you know, I've personally had it as well. And I think it's it's so incredible. And you're getting these benefits. It's really an amazing product. I've told my friends about it as well. And they're like, it's alcohol. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it, it can't be good for you, you know? Um, so it's, it's really incredible. I haven't, I haven't had the pulp culture yet, but I was actually looking at um, the product and it has lion's mane and I'm obsessed with mushrooms. So can you tell me more about the benefit of that particular ingredient? Yeah, lion's mane is um, something I like a lot as well. So I've had it before in Four Sigmatic. I don't know if, uh, if you're familiar with Four Sigmatic, but they're, they're I am yes in, in California as well. And yeah, there was a little truck actually when I spent some time. Like once it was last summer, there was a Four Sigmatic truck, I believe, which was so cool. I'm obsessed with that. Yeah, the mushroom mobile. I think they. <laughs> yeah, insane. Yeah. So cool. I want to live on that thing. Yeah. But continue. That was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, actually, yeah. Taro, the founder of that company. Um, and I are, are good friends. And so he's, he's taught me a lot about mushrooms and uh, lion's mane is definitely uh, one that, that I, I like a lot too. I find it just really helps with, with focus and um, just mental clarity without jitters. Like there's no caffeine or anything like that. None of that effect, none of the stimulation effect, but just with focus and um, being able to just block out distraction really and focus on what you need to focus on. So yeah, a couple of our pulp culture blends have, have lion's mane in it for that reason. We have one called Think that has matcha um, and lion's mane, and that's a great combo too. Right. And are you a tea drinker, coffee drinker? How do you consume this powder? Do you put it in one of those or in just your water? What do you um, personally do? Yeah, I just put it in water. You know, like I'm, so if I, I'm very sensitive to caffeine, I found. If I mm -hmm. have caffeine, more than a few days in a row it just i get burnt out i don't sleep well um i just never have done that well with it i you know some forms are better than others like coffee really is hard on me i find uh but uh with matcha or you know we have vega energizer that has some coffee berry in it which is very mm -hmm. different from the bean it's actually the fruit and i find that that just doesn't give you the jitters and it. it's uh it's easier on your system but um, I'll have that before a workout, but if I don't uh, work out soon after having anything at all with caffeine in it, I get um, I just get too jittery. So I only have that before exercise. But like I say, it does take its toll on the adrenals, but um, you do get something in exchange for that. You get a better workout, um, and that's been proven. You know, caffeine, regardless of source, does improve um, exercise performance. Like it's, I've certainly experienced it, and um, you know the studies support that too. So. It does have its place, but just being mindful that your adrenals will take a hit. Um, and then so making sure you have lots of leafy greens, foods with minerals in them, seaweed, uh, you know, big salads, things like that. Uh, maca is also a really good uh, root vegetable adaptogen mm -hmm. that can help rebuild adrenal function too. If, uh, if you is that M-A-C-A, maca? Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it comes in powder, right? Yeah, you can get it in powder form or capsule. It's in vegan. Yeah, it's it's a weird yeah. taste. I've had that. Yeah, it's kind of like this 
butterscotch almost like it's yeah. sort of butterscotch yeah it's kind of kind of weird but yeah I really like that a lot because you know training of course burns out your adrenals anything that causes stress does and you know psychologically training is very stress relieving for me and and for a lot of people of course but physiologically it still does strain your body that's the whole point of training is you break down muscle tissue your body overcompensates becomes stronger and that's why it works but you have to be mindful of um of hormonal um cost to that and cortisol the stress hormone going up which can then cause poor quality sleep which then means you wake up tired and that means you crave caffeine and sugar which work because they're stimulants but they treat the symptom of fatigue not the cause and the cause is that you're tired you didn't sleep well so that can be a vicious cycle that a lot of people are in for sure just stimulating the adrenals for short-term energy gain but then um, requiring more and more sleep to try and offset that so you want to break that vicious cycle for sure by you know, eating like i say those mineral rich foods really trying to cut back on caffeine um, and get good quality sleep so you don't actually need uh, the stimulation because you're well rested so you, you already feel good and for you personally what does a good night's sleep consist of is that like how many hours for you are you like a seven hour eight hour I can actually tell you exactly because I have one of those whoop devices. I don't know if okay. you knows, but it's um you wear it on your, your wrist basically all day and it tells you your your strain, your output um from running, cycling, workouts, and also your your sleep. So then it can come up with a recovery score and tell you how well you've recovered, which is kind Okay, of I need this in my life. I don't know anything about this. Yeah, it's really cool. Um it works it works great. So um I average well, week to week, it varies a bit, but about six and a half hours of sleep. Okay. And I find that's just right. You know, I find that um, I sleep very efficiently. So because my cortisol is low, because I really take care of my adrenals. So mm -hmm. if your cortisol is low, you will sleep more deeply, which means you don't have to sleep as much because your quality is so much better. So your quantity can be lower. And I find, um, you know, that's that's a good goal, right? You don't want to have to sleep more and not you know, get better rested. It's just like losing time. So yeah, if you can uh, get your sleep down, I find, like I say with me, if I go much beyond, um, you know, six and a half hours in terms of less than six and a half hours, I, I, I feel it, but, um, that's kind of the sweet spot for me. Everyone kind of has their own, but, um, yeah, that's just, just sort of where I've landed. That's so fascinating. I think I really need to look into that because it's it's so true. Sometimes I sleep, you know, like nine or 10 hours and I don't even feel refreshed, which is so interesting because it's more time, but it, it might not be, um, I guess, good sleep if it's, you know, not that quality sleep you need. So that's that's really interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, you, you know, these little efficiencies you can learn, um, you know, and it's great. It's like when I first started doing this, because I used to sleep seven and a half hours, mm -hmm. you know, a few years back. And now, you know, it's like, I get an extra hour a day. Um, it's like getting a 25 hour day, right? Like you all of a sudden have this extra hour and it's amazing. So um, yeah, it's definitely worth, um, worth playing around with that. Yeah, you're my go-to when it comes to any kind of tech stuff or just new product or anything. So I'm I'm so excited just hearing about this. Um, something else I want to know, um, when it comes to building a vegan bowl, what are your must-have essentials? Can you kind of run me through if you're going to build a bowl for yourself? Like, what do you typically um, add to it? Yeah, you know, I, I'll have some sort of good... Um, 
type of carbohydrate, I, you know, of course, burning um, muscle glycogen need to, to have enough carbohydrate. So I just, you know, I go with basic things like short grain brown rice. I like a lot. Um, or quinoa or amaranth buckwheat, you know, any one of those types of things. I like a lot as the base. And then I'll usually add tempeh, which is really just fermented soybeans. Um, I find uh, that works well for me. And then, yeah, vegetables, lots of roast vegetables, um, broccoli, usually, um, sometimes beets, different types of carrots. Uh, yeah, and then leafy greens, like arugula. For me, it's I just really like arugula, so I mm -hmm. eat a lot of that, add that to, to basically everything. I just, I like the bitterness. It just tastes good to me. Very mineral rich as well. So that's, like I say, good for the adrenals and, and muscle function too. Yeah, that's really, really helpful. I'm gonna, um, I need to mix up my meals. I feel like I kind of have the same thing every day. Is that, would you relate to that? Or do you, do you really kind of mix it up um, every day with what you eat? No, I can, I relate to that for sure. Yeah, I, I, I do definitely have go-tos. And, you know, every once in a while, I'll, uh, I'll switch it up, but I just, what I eat in a day, I think has quite a lot of variety just within the day. So, mm -hmm. um, I, I find it, it works well for me and it is predictable, right? When you're training, you're working and stuff, you just want something that, you know, is going to, uh, get you through the day and help you feel good. So yeah, I definitely have my go-tos that, uh, that I'll, I'll eat daily. Yeah. Yeah. And then, okay. So my last question for you is what is something people don't know about Brendan Brazier? Like what is, I guess, something you haven't told people or like what, what's something like you want people to know about you? I just thought that would be an interesting question because you are mysterious, you know, and I love asking you questions and getting to know more about you. What's, so what's something people don't know about you? Jeez, yeah, I don't know. That's uh, that's a good question. Probably a lot it's of it's a tough really. one. You know, I'm I'm a pretty private person, of course. Like I don't, yeah. um, I don't really seek out um, the spotlight or anything. Like I just, right. I'm perfectly happy to uh, to just sort of have thoughts and not uh, not share them. <laughs> like I, you know, some right. people, you know, I'm sure you know the type who, you know, I think everything they think they they broadcast everyone, and it's not really like that. But um, I think, you know, one of the things is I think some people, when they, they hear about me, they think I'm going to be like this type A personality, very, um, like they've heard, you know, I do triathlons and stuff, or I used to do triathlons. I'm going to be very type A and very uh, hardcore, I guess that way, but, mm -hmm. you know, that and competitive, which I'm not, you know, I'm not at all a competitive person by nature. I just got into to sport because I, I enjoy it. It's really that simple. I like just spending time in nature and just alone. Um, honestly too, you know, I, I'm social, but, uh, I spend, spend more time on my own and, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I think some people are surprised by that, that, um, that you can, you don't have to have a competitive mindset to, you know, to do things that may traditionally be, dominated by people who do have that competitive streak and the things I do are not to try and beat other people um, they're just to to learn I'm very curious I just like learning things I like trying things I like experimenting I ask a lot of questions and uh, and also too just knowing that um, you know if you if you have enough time and you can work away at things you, you just get better at them like with triathlon you know I 
when I first thought about doing Ironman, uh, it was 10 years before I did my, my first race. It took 10 years of training to, oh my God. you know, to, before I could even do a race that of that length. So you just have to have that, that big picture, long-term mindset, which I naturally do. And a lot of people don't not, not necessarily good or bad. It has its downfalls as well, but, um, yeah, it's just sort of, you sort of train your brain to, to think differently that way, I think, and not, uh, not seeking that instant gratification, but being more, um, more open to, to long-term, um, goals, I guess. And, you know, just looking at what you want your life to be 10 years from now. And, you know, 10 years ago, if I said to myself, what do I want my life to be like in 10 years? You know, I could predict it pretty accurately. Um, just because it's just, you know, each morning you just get up and you, you chip away at what you're working on. And so predicting the future, your own future, at least is, is actually quite easy if you, um, if you just stick to your plan. And where do you see yourself 10, 10 years from now? Well, yeah, that's that's a good question, and I think um, you know the answer is wherever I d- decide, and I think mm-hmm. that's the hardest part is just deciding what you want your life to look like uh, in the near and long term future, and then you know building that out, and and it's a good question. I think you know thinking about those things um, is probably good to just just know, yeah, what do you want? Like, what are your values in life? What do you want your life to look like? What do you want to be doing? you know, who do you want to be doing it with all these different questions? Um, yeah. Like how much work do you want to do? How much non-work, you know, what types of things you want to work on? So that just comes back to values and, and how uh, you want your life to look obviously. So yeah, it's a good question. And is that something you, you journal about or you kind of just ask yourself these questions daily? Yeah. I, you know, I'm not a, a journaling person um, other than you know what I used to do back a long time ago with um, you know very specific things for exercise and nutrition but yeah more just things that um, are in my head although I think writing it down for some people is probably really good because I think it helps it become like sort of the first step toward actually happening and becoming reality I know some people really like that because it feels like now they've got a list they have a plan and mm-hmm. there's something written down that feels more tangible than just these random thoughts in your head. So right. I think for some people that can be really helpful. Um, I've never done that, but um, yeah, maybe it wouldn't hurt. Right. And so how many companies do you have? I said that was my last question like 10 questions ago, but how many, um, que- or how many companies are you currently working on right now? Well, the main one right now, um, of course, is Pulp Culture, you know, building mm-hmm. that out. Um, and we make it all in downtown Los Angeles, and people can get it um, online, um, pulpculture.la, or get it in any Whole Foods or BevMo in California, and we'll expand soon from there. And that's being produced at 101 Cider, or is that a separate uh, facility? It's the same one. So yeah, we do everything cool. in the same facility. Um, so the cool. base is the same, which is really good. You know, it makes it very scalable that way. So that's cool. Just you know, with fermented apples um, as yeah. the base, everything. So that's that's easy. Um, and then, yeah, another one is Fire Road, which mm-hmm. you're familiar with, which is based mm-hmm. in New York. So working on that, which is uh, meals for athletes. So prepared meals that you can order online. Right now, we just deliver to the East Coast, east of Chicago, but um, we'll be coming west soon. So, yeah, doing that um, with David Brown, who who's a friend in, in New York and uh, growing that out there. So, yeah, it's very 
very focused on um, the science of nutrition and meals. So if, if you've gone plant-based or you want to go plant-based, but you're very active uh, and you need good meals that have antioxidants, help reduce inflammation, get the protein you need, kind of take the guesswork out of all that. Like if someone's gone and watched Game Changers or whatever and, you know, is motivated to go and try eating more plant-based, but wants to, to feel good and stay active, then it's a great solution for that. Um, myfireroad.com is the website. So those are the main ones. Of course, Vega too. You know, we um, we sold the company uh, mm-hmm. five years ago now. It's owned by Danone that owns Silk as well. You know, the big um, rice, soy milk. Um, right, milk right. Milk as well. Like they do a bunch yeah. of different alternative uh, plant-based milks. Um, so yeah, so Vega is still very involved there. We're in year 16 and just, um, you know, growing internationally there. Um, you know, expanding into China, the UK, the Netherlands, and a few other countries, but still really focused on on the US market. So incredible. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I just I get personally so excited every time I see Vega anywhere. I'm like, I know this person. That's <laughs> truly, yeah. truly incredible. And, and I can't thank you enough too for just being um, you know, so approachable and accessible to people and just explaining your product and, and what you do and and helping others. I mean, me being just um like a young female entrepreneur and you being so willing to just explain your story and, you know, connect me to the the people you work with has just been so eye-opening and, and incredible. So again, thank you for even taking the time to to speak with me on here and, and answer my questions once again. I'm I'm so grateful to know you. Oh yeah, of course. No, thanks, Kate. Yeah, it's um I just I love to, to watch your, your progress over the last few years and um and just all all the things you're you're creating and doing. It's great. So cool. Well, yes, thank you. And hopefully I will see you again soon once we're all able to to travel again and we're all, you know, healthy and safe and, and all that. So until then, thank you so much, Brendan. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Kate.